Welcome in to the eighth episode of the Eye of the Podcast show. I am your host, Will, and with me today, I have John. Um, and today, we're going to get into the spring game, which was on the day we're recording it, these podcasts. Um, April just happened 17th. a couple hours ago. Uh, it's Saturday night, and we have a lot. we have a lot to talk about. There was... A lot of touchdowns and a lot of interceptions in that game. Mm. Uh, Are there a lot of touchdowns in that game? Fairly, yeah. I mean, it was like four. Yeah, sure. Okay. <clears throat> no, four is not a lot. All right, buddy. Okay. Just okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> It was an action-packed 60 minutes exhibition, and we're going to get into it today. We're going to attack this position by position on what we saw. Uh, so let's start out with the, of course, quarterback position where Miles Brennan shined in the first half, Max Johnson shined in the second half, uh, and TJ Finley, uh, who was hailed as a prospect coming in, still looks like he is – you know, still a work in progress, and the uh, much-awaited debut of true freshman Garrett Nussmeyer. We saw some good moments, and we definitely saw our fair share of freshman's mistakes as Johnson, I believe, had uh, around 150 yards. Uh, he had two touchdowns, uh, one to Kirkland. Uh, who was the other one to? Kirkland. That's right. Kirkland had a monster day. We'll get into that in a bit. He had a six. Max had a sixty percent completion percentage, and Miles Brennan, on the other hand, had a very good first half, um, where he went at a seventy-three percent completion percentage, had one hundred five yards, zero turnovers, and a touchdown on a interesting fake spike at the end of the second quarter, uh, a jump ball to Kayshawn Booty, where he made a play over. Dwight McLaughlin. Um <clears throat> Brennan's second half did not go as well uh, as in the fourth quarter. He went just one of seven. But uh, let's get it started with uh, what did you like from Miles today? Honestly, I thought, you know, I think heading into the summer, Miles is now past Max Johnson for me, and he's now quarterback one in my opinion. I think... He did struggle in the second half, but you got to realize that he was playing with the twos, and the twos' offensive line is just absolute dog water right now. Like, no offense to them. But, well, they're not exactly dog water, but our defensive line was so good that it was just unfair. I mean, what the heck are they supposed to do against Mason Smith and Shaquille and Roy? But... When he was playing with the ones, you know, the offensive line held up okay. And he was able to have time. And he made some great throws to Keishon Butte. Um, I mean, I think that's all I can say about him. You know, not really much happened because, for the most part, defense clamped the offense. But overall, for him, he had a nice day with the ones. And he looked like he was most in command with the ones. And I think... I, that's what I wanted to see out of this spring game is who was most in command with the first team offense. And another thing to keep in mind uh, with Miles Brennan is that uh, he said that he feels like he's 100%, uh, you know, to make throws and, you know, be a quarterback out there. But he's clearly, uh, as people have stated, uh, you know, he's not going to just. He's not in there, uh, going to be right away at 100%, like, full strength. So, you know, he's getting there. Um, but, you know, we still got to be patient with that, and there's a lot of time left for him to get to that 100% level. Um, my thoughts are, you know, more of the same. I think he delivered a couple weird balls that, you know, were uncharacteristic, but uh, I'm just going to reserve my – 
concern for that uh, just based on, you know, just, you know, the thing I just talked about. But I think he delivered the best throw of the day. And it's not – it was not as – Long touchdown throw to Booty. It was actually a different one where um, Booty got a he got a step on Derek Stingley. Not not much, but he got a little sliver of separation. And in between two defenders, Brennan launched a laser in there, and it was a, it was a completion for a good twenty or so yards. And uh, so that's what I think about Miles. Uh, obviously, you can't go into too much depth. He only through about 20 passes today, but he did not turn the ball over, nor did Max, so that's a good sign from our top two quarterbacks. Uh, so let's just, let's, with that, let's just talk about Max. Uh, the true sophomore came in uh, and was hailed as, you know, the slight leader, uh, and I think he didn't have the greatest first half, uh, 40% completion rate, 4 of 10, and only had about 50 yards, but he was a star in the second half. He was in command. Uh, him and Kirk, we already know about him and Kayshawn's connection. But, you know, how about, you know, him and Kirkland's connection? They connected for a lot of yards and a couple touchdowns. And Kirkland had, what, 16 catches? Most of that, if not all of that, came in uh, the second half with Max. So, yeah, he was... I was impressed by Max, for sure. I think Max just looked very hesitant when, you know, in the first quarter when he was running with the ones. It looks like, you know, he missed a few check down options. It looks like he was also just trying to go for the big play, which, I mean, I can understand that. But at the same time, you got to take the check down when it's there. I think in the second half, he settled into that, took the check down when it was there and got the deep balls when it was there. I mean... He looked more settled in in the second half. He didn't really settle in that well in the first half, in my opinion. Uh, another thing I noticed was that all four quarterbacks uh, got a chance to play with the ones, uh, and all four quarterbacks uh, at least one or two times, if not more, forced it to Kayshawn Booty. Um, multiple times, double coverage. Uh, we know Finley tried it a couple of times. One of them was a bad interception for Derek Stingley. Um, Nussmeyer tried it once. Uh, Brennan tried it a couple of times. And Max, early in that game especially, tried it a couple of times. Uh, so, I mean, usually Kayshawn, you know, against, say, for UCLA, for example, he's going to be able to make that play. But, you know, if you try to force it in double coverage – against the good teams, the cream of the crop of the eight of the SEC, um, it's not gonna bode well. Well, I, I really I really don't blame Max for trying forcing to Kayshawn. <clears throat> Last game Max played, he kept forcing it to Kayshawn and it kept working. Well Yeah. I mean it won't work fair, against the cream of the crop, but and it was Ole Miss, but still. If it if it if it's not broken or it, what what's the saying? If it, it ain't not broke, broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. Yeah. There we go. I mean, I'm pretty sure Ole Miss had a worse-ranked pass defense last year than us. They had like one. They had one of the worst in the country. So yeah, but Kachon's just that dude. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he he could do that against most of our schedule this year. Three hundred yards. Gonna he's gonna average two hundred fifty a game this year. I mean. We might have, we might need him to. I mean, you never know. You might have but to carry Kirkland, the load. Kirk, Kirk, Kirkland's going to average 260. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. He's going to fumble three times a game, isn't he? <laughs> All right, so, uh, and let's get into the other two quarterbacks where they did not have as good a days. As to be expected, I think most people know Max and Miles are one or two steps ahead of those guys, but uh, so let's talk about TJ. You know, I really don't have much to say about TJ. I don't want to, I'm trying to debate whether I really want to, you know, be negative or just try and be as positive as it can. I mean, 
I think, you know, he's still a work in progress. That much is, you know, that much is known. I think he has a lot of potential, but he still has a long way to go before he reaches his potential. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um, I think, I actually think TJ uh, is a really smart kid, but uh, when he gets on the field, it just seems like he panics every time. You know, he is arguably the most gifted out of all of them. And, you know, when he delivers those good throws, it's as good as anybody in the country. Um, but obviously he cannot do that on a consistent basis at all. But I think TJ, the ceiling is still high, but the floor is just as low as ever, and he is closer to the floor than he is to the ceiling. Good thing is, is he's got, what, four more years of eligibility left? Yeah, I mean, that's a positive. Hopefully he doesn't transfer. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, yeah, I, I hope he doesn't transfer. You know, he's last year as a true freshman for a guy who is a three-star, and not just a three-star, but a guy everyone considered a prospect. He wasn't even – he didn't even even have that great of production at the high school level. Uh, he came in, you know, five touchdowns, five interceptions, which obviously it's not great, but as a true freshman for a raw prospect – uh, if you get get a guy like that and develop him, you know, QB depth isn't the easiest to come by as we've seen over the years. Um, I think now it's just kind of an embarrassment of riches where we're like, you know, it's they're not that expendable that you think just because, you know, we have a really good QB room right now, you know, things can change in an instant, you know, with the transfer portal being what it is. Uh, so, and then there's, Garrett Nussmeyer, who had a touchdown as I think time expired to coin more out of the backfield, and he also had uh, three rough interceptions um, that weren't as much bad throws as they were bad decisions. But uh, you want to talk about uh, Nuss's performance today in his two quarters of play? Yeah, I mean, you know. He threw three interceptions. I this is this is gonna sound funny coming from me. You know he threw three interceptions, but I actually came away impressed with him. Um, you know, he didn't really get down on himself. He kept trying to go out there. You know, it wasn't his best day. He was, you know, running a lot mainly because the offensive line was getting beat by the defensive line. But you know, for the most part, you know, I really liked that final drive from him. I thought it really showed how good he can be. Yeah, sure. The three interceptions, all three of them are bad. But, you know, I mean, one of them was just just blatantly bad, and I, I can't defend it. Two of them were, you know, kind of I, – I kind of expect that from a freshman, especially playing, you know, in his first spring game. He's only been on campus a few months. I mean, he, he got baited by linebackers. I think as – as he spends more time in college and as he acclimates to the system, that won't happen. I mean, he's only been on campus for a few months. It, it, it's not like he's going to have a perfect outing, you know, in his first spring game. But overall, I think he showed flashes of how good he can really be. And, you know, it really makes me excited for the future when, you know, Miles is gone, maybe Max is gone as well, and it scares time to shine. Yeah, I think uh, I still believe the future is bright for Gary. I, I think... This game means absolutely nothing for him. Uh, and I think most people realize that. But, you know, the talent's there. I, don't, I didn't really come away um, with anything I didn't already know today. Uh, it's just, you know, the freshman mistakes uh, that will get fixed in the future. And good thing is we got a loaded QB room right now. Uh, and going forward, so he's going to have the time to develop. And now that's the quarterback position covered. Um, probably the most we'll talk about any position today. But uh, let's go transition into running back, where uh, we've had some injury problems uh, all spring. Um, today, uh, Ty Davis-Price played 
Uh, he was out for a little bit during spring ball, but he he suited up and was looked healthy today. He had a pretty good day. Uh, he had a couple long runs there. He showed some good burst. Uh, but John Emery, J- Josh Williams were both sidelined uh, with minor injuries, and so yeah, it's it's very thin. I'm pretty sure uh, the second team offense. Who was their running back? Jack Mashburn. No, that wasn't even Mashburn. It was some like walk-on linebacker, I think. Uh, he is funny, but yeah, he, running back people are. I get, I get the concern, but you know we have, like I said, Josh Williams, John Emery, and you know we push on the shove, and the season actually starts. We got two really talented ones coming in. I, I don't expect uh, those guys who have been playing in the spring and uh, whoever the linebacker was played in the spring game or Jack Mashburn or any of those guys to you know actually really play because outside of those three guys that were on the team last year, we have guys like Corey Kiner and Armani Goodwin coming into the program who are immensely talented. Uh, but let's talk about uh, Ty Davis Price today. He had our early early in the game, he had like a 35-yard run. Uh, he had a couple, you know, he had a couple good runs where, you know, one for eight. You know, I actually think he had a couple for around like six to eight yards, uh, and I think he looked good. So what about you? What do you, what do you think about Ty Davis? Yeah, Price? I just want to apologize real quick. A few weeks ago, I falsely p- reported that John Emery was healthy. He apparently was not healthy, and he hasn't been for the entire spring, so I'll own up to that. My bad. I'm an idiot. Um, overall, what did I think about Tyron Davis Price? He looked slimmed down. Which I think was big, because he's always kind of looked big and bulky. I think, you know, he looked slimmed down. He looked a little bit faster today. And he was able to break off some big runs. And, you know, all our running backs have been dinged up this offseason. It's it's tough when everyone's dinged up. It's especially tough on the offense when you only have, like, one healthy guy going into the spring game. Um, Overall, the, the biggest thing is we just got to get everyone healthy. And that's hopefully something that's going to happen. Um, hopefully, you know, everyone gets healthy. You know, the running backs have time to work with the quarterbacks and with the offensive line. And overall, this is a very talented group. Um, I, I will go as far as say is I think even though there were no other running backs available, I think Tyron impressed me enough to say right now that I think he might be running back one even if everyone gets – or eat, eat, when everyone gets healthy. Now, it's not if, it's a when because everyone will get healthy. But, um, you know, he looked good, you know, running out of the backfield. He caught some passes. He looked good, you know, catching, which, you know, was a big concern of mine heading into the, the, this offseason. But, I mean, he checked all the boxes for me, I think. That's a uh, Jake Pete's effect. You know, he's yeah. running back. He's running back coach for Christian McCaffrey, as we've talked about before. But, uh, yeah, I think everybody else is going to be fighting an uphill battle against Ty Davis Price for that RB one spot. Mainly, uh, his main competitor, of course, John Emery, who still trying to get healthy. And I really hope he does showcase his skills. But right now, it's clear. Uh, that Ty Davis is the one to beat in the backfield. Um, and then receiver, uh, one of the more interesting positions we saw today, um, the two main guys were, of course, Kayshawn Booty, who we expected. He had about, I think, eight receptions, about 132 yards, and a, what do you have? Two, no, one touchdown. One touchdown, that jump ball from Miles Brennan on the fake spike uh, at the end of the first half. Um, so, yeah, uh, Keishon Booty was Keishon Booty. And then the big surprise, of course, was Chantre Kirkland, who just had a monster day. Uh, what do you have? He had 16 catches, a uh, pair of touchdowns, and let's see here. Sixteen catches, two hundred yards, 
and a pair of touchdowns. That's ridiculous. For yeah. what is he? He's in his sixth year, so he has more experience than just about anybody on the team. Maybe Andre Anthony uh, ties him there, beats him out there. But you know, John Trey, I said that he was he was one of my breakout candidates. Uh, I kind of said he'd be a Swiss Army knife uh, in the offense, but it looks like he could just stay at receiver because he certainly looked the part today. So uh, I know John. He, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure in the game he had like 175 yards on like 14 catches, and John was still giving him flack because he had one fumble early in the game. Look, you uh, can't be doing that in actual games. It was one fumble, and he had 200 yards. Yeah, look, you, finally gave, you finally gave him props after you. It wasn't even after like a second touchdown. Look, I want to. I want to point out after I wanna, like a ten-yard gain. I want. I want to point this out. All right. <clears throat> he uh, he fumbled, and then a few plays later, Miles Brennan is throwing a deep touchdown to Keishon Butte. All right, he essentially set that up for them. But he did have a great he did have a great day, and I'll give him props for that. Um, Kayshawn had a great day, but we all expected that. I think he had a better day than I think I even expected. I mean, you know, for the most part, the defensive backs put the clamps on the wide receivers. I mean, John Trey was able to get yards, but I think the majority of these yards came against the twos. It might have been a 50-50 split. I mean, Kayshawn didn't even play with the twos. I think he was the... Maybe the only wide receiver. I don't know. There might have been a few others who didn't play with the twos. But Kayshawn's number one wide I think receiver. Actually, we all know that. I think actually a lot of it came against the ones. Who, John Trey? Yeah. I know his two touchdowns came against the twos. And I think those were his two longest plays. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because, was, well, it was because it was when Max was playing with the twos. Max threw two touchdowns to him. One was against okay, Derek okay. Davis Jr. and I forgot who the second one was against. It might have been Derek Davis Jr. as well. Because I think I think that's when I kind of looked there. I'm like, man, Derek Davis Jr. looks like a freshman. But um, anyway, you know, um, I think this position really wasn't a concern for me heading into spring camp. You know, it's not too much of a concern for me. I think it is a bit concerning that the wide receivers were having a tough time getting separation. And this this isn't the first time we heard of that. I think the scrimmage last week, they had a hard time. The scrimmage before the spring game, they had a hard time getting separation. Um, overall, I think this is a group that will probably round out and improve over summer. I think injuries have definitely hurt this group. Jare Jenkins, a guy who I thought might be a big contributor, was injured the past few past few weeks I think and he's been dealing with a minor injury um Dion Smith a guy who I thought might be a major contributor this season has been hurt for most of the spring you know he this final week he was actually able to like actually practice so with like contact and stuff so um and we get all the freshmen there and over the summer I think Chris Hilton will be a big addition over the summer because I think he'll be able to get separation. Um, overall, I'm not too concerned about this group. I mean, I'm a little concerned about this group moving forward, but overall, I think this is the one case where, you know, I think having no running backs to essentially run kind of hurt because I don't think the defense was really expecting us to run that much. I think that's why we were able to rip off a few big runs. And overall, um... I think that once we get our running backs healthy, because I think that's big, is we need to have balance within the offense. Once we get those guys healthy and once we're able to, you know, run a lot more than we were today, I think it'll it'll keep the defense honest, and I think the wide receivers will have an easier time getting separation. It's certainly a concern, but it's not a big concern right now for me. Uh, so yeah, Jure Jenkins, he did, I think, play today. Uh, didn't have too much of an impact, but like John said, he has been struggling uh, with a injury. And another guy, like you said, struggling with injury, Deion Smith played today. And I think I actually saw some good signs 
from Dion. I think he was probably our third or fourth best receiver today. Um, and another guy who played a little bit of hybrid wide receiver and a little bit of running back is uh, Coy Moore. Uh, I think I don't think he's going to be you know playing too much in the backfield. Maybe a little bit. You know, we saw in that 2019 season. You know, Justin Jefferson, um, Jamar Chase would you know rarely, but sometimes line up in the backfield uh, next to Burrow, but. Yeah, I think Coy Moore is another guy who is going to be able to, you know, he can't he can't really take the top off of a defense, but uh, he's going to have a role within this offense for sure, I think. I'm really interested to see where they go with that, actually, because, you know, Coy was actually able to rip off a few good runs, I think. You know, I mean, he wasn't the, he wasn't the best running back. He shouldn't be playing running back that much, but... I mean, it would be fun to see him, like, come in for, like, a few plays. I mean, the defense had no answer for him coming out of the backfield. And he was able to rip off, like, a good run. So, I'm interested to see where Jake Peets takes that this season. And hopefully he expands on it more. Because I think that could be an interesting wrinkle in the offense this year. All right, so that's the receiving group. Uh, Is there anything notable uh, you'd add about the tight end position today? Yeah, sure. I'll just go ahead and say it right now. So, um, for those of you who don't know, um, Eric Gilbert met with Coach Show and the coaching staff a few weeks back. Um, right now, there's a lot of stuff to still be worked through for him to return. But honestly, after today, I will say this: I've talked a lot of a lot of poop about him, but after watching the tight ends today, we need him back. Look, I I don't know if he'll be able to play this season. But I think if I'm LSU's coaching staff, after watching that game, after watching the spring game, I'm doing everything I can to get him on the field in 2021. And hopefully, we'll be able to find a way to do that. Tight ends. The tight ends showed me nothing I didn't already know. Uh, I, I didn't expect anything more than what they did today. Uh, between Stores and Taylor, uh, I think people, you know, after Gilbert left, were kind of overhyping, you know, like, you know, saying that, you know, we don't need him and we're fine at tight end. And the truth is, I, I don't think Cole Taylor's ready. Um, you know, I, I like him as a prospect. I think he can be a good player eventually. But, you know, right now, I mean, last season, People talking about Cole Taylor. Uh, he was uh, out of every all the defensive guys, all the offensive guys. He was the worst graded player on the team. Uh, I think he was like thirty-five, which you know PFF. You know, it's not the greatest, but I feel like if you have a really good grade, you know, there's something to it. And if you have a really bad grade, there's something to it. Uh, and I think, you know, Colt Taylor, um, he's got a bright future ahead of him. He has a lot of good traits, but uh, I just don't think he's really ready right now. And Eric Gilbert, you know, like you said, the receivers, a little bit of concern. There's a lot of inexperience there. A lot of guys who who will and can be good players down the road, but, you know, are not necessarily ready now. And Eric Gilbert, as we saw last year, you know, he's top tight end recruit of all time. So, you know. Whether how you think about him, um, he's he's a great receiver, and that's that. I think the big problem with Cole Taylor is, I think he's a way better run blocker than he is a wide receiver, and you didn't really get the chance to showcase that since we have no running backs. I think I think another issue is the tight ends were just not targeted in the spring game. I think like after Cole Taylor made that, you know, Cole Taylor dropped that one pass. I don't think the tight ends had another. Like target, I could be wrong about I think, that. I think I think Nick Stores caught a couple balls. He might have. I I don't know. I there were a few points when I had to miss it to go get water or stuff. But for the most part, I don't recall the tight ends getting you know another catch. They could have. Overall, like you said, they 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 showed me what I expected, and I don't. That just doesn't leave me with warm and rosy feelings because, you know, I'd like to be impressed. I I wouldn't like to see what. I expected. 
So let's get into uh, another polarizing group of the team, and that's the offensive line who struggled last year, of course. Uh, and a guy, probably the coach with the hottest seat uh, within the program is James Craig. A lot of people pushed for him to get fired this this past after this past year. Uh, he should have been not fired. One, I, for one, was not one of those people, but I still think it is the right move to keep him on a short leash after what happened last year. Um, you know, I think there are some guys on the first team uh, who showed some promise. Uh, Ed Ingram. Uh, He's always been a guy throughout his entire career who's never he's had great games and great moments, but he's never been all that consistent. Uh Deculus is, you know, just he's been a mainstay at right tackle. Uh, and he's been even in the twenty nineteen season when we won the Joel Moore Award, he his entire career, uh, he's just kind of been average at best. Um, and then another guy is Excuse me, Dare Rosenthal, who last year, um, no, Coach O talked about him uh, as a first-round pick type talent, and you know he had his struggles off the field and on the field last season, but you know there's still some high hopes coming into this year once again with him, and I think I think Dare was probably our best offensive lineman today, just from what I've seen. You know, I'd probably have to watch it back just because. You know, you're not all that focused on watching the offensive line unless they make like a big mistake. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's that's what I see. And obviously, the second team offensive line was not was not the greatest, uh, and that's to be expected. There's a lot of young guys on that unit, and especially with all the depth we have on our defensive line, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, yeah, the offensive line and two other guys I want to touch on is uh Chasen Hines and Cardell Thomas. They looked uh a little bit out of shape today. Uh which there's like I said earlier, a lot of time to fix that. Uh I don't think Thomas is gonna be playing too much this upcoming year again, unfortunately. Uh but Hines who's fighting for, you know, that starting guard spot with Anthony Bradford, I know. He's gotta get, you know, himself more into shape you know what is he a senior now so yeah he's got this is his last chance and he's got a uh really slim down i think he measured in around like 349 i think so yeah that's those are my thoughts what are your thoughts on the offensive line's performance today i was really impressed with um dare rosenthal and ed ingram i think they really held it held it down on their own side especially dare rosenthal he had a really tough matchup against B.J. Ujolari, and he did lose a few battles against that. And, you know, you expect that. I mean, you're not, B.J.'s so good. You, you're, you can't expect him to be perfect against B.J. But he was actually, he held his own against B.J. Um, Ed Ingram, you know, didn't really make too many mistakes. Was overall very solid, I felt. Um, I think, you know, the rest of the starting offensive line gives me a bit of pause. I, I still don't like the fact that Liam Shanahan's getting bullied in the middle, but I'm gonna hold off my um I, I don't know I don't know what to call it. I'm gonna reserve my judgment until fall for him because this is a guy who, you know, still really has not had like a full summer in a strength and conditioning pro in an SEC strength and conditioning program. And I feel like, you know, this summer he has the he ha- finally has a big chance to, you know, get stronger and actually be able to hold his own. I think the same can be say, said for Chasen Hines and Austin Deculus and to his, and Anthony Bradford as well. Even though Bradford's not technically a starter yet, he might not be a starter, all three of those guys need to slim down and lose weight. And they have a really good chance to do so this summer. Um, I, I think Chasen Hines did not have a great game. I think the offensive line was overall better when Anthony Bradford was in. I didn't think Austin Deculus had the best of scrimmages. I mean, he was kind of getting pushed by Sony Fanua a few times. Um, I know Cam Wire came in for him at one point. I don't know if, you know, Cam Wire is really better than Deculus, but, you know, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Wire jumped Deculus on the depth chart. I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Bradford jumped Jason Hines on the depth chart. Um, overall, second string off offensive line. You know, I feel I feel bad for them because they were going up against two dudes who could legitimately start. Actually, three dudes. I think they went up against Guillory as well. And, you know, I think Eric Taylor looked good off the edge. I think Philip Webb looked good. I think Xavier Carter looked good. I think Desmond Little looked good against them. You know, and that's tough because they're going up, up against a very, like, there was only one freshman in that group that they were going up against, and it was Xavier Carter. And even that Xavier, Xavier Carter is a very athletic guy. So I think overall they had a tough task. And, you know, I think the second unit has a lot of growing to do. But I also don't think, you know, they were as bad as I think I thought they would be. You know, I really didn't have high expectations for the offensive line. And that's mainly because I thought our defensive line was just going to manhandle them. But they actually held their own. And, you know, I do think they have to improve. But I've said that is I've said this. I think the summer is where you see offensive lines improve the most. Yeah, I mean, uh, each year Craig has been here, even 2019, like I said, the offensive line that was awarded the Joe Moore Award for being the best offensive line in the country, I don't remember them being all too great in the spring game either. Uh, so, yeah, that's – and another guy I, I want to touch on, Liam Shanahan. Uh, I've hyped him up. I've called him what I think he will be – I said before the spring and after last year that he is our best offensive lineman uh, and that he will be this year. Uh, I don't know if I still believe that, but I think if he can, if he can get his strength to a decent point, he can be a really solid center. Uh, last year, once again, you know, PFF, you know, it's not the greatest, but I, I actually think I actually respect uh, what. PFF has to say when it comes to offensive linemen, uh, I I do not like how they grade uh, any defensive players. But on the offensive line specifically, uh, Liam Shanahan was, I think, our highest graded lineman last year, uh, and he wasn't he wasn't even that high. He was just kind of slightly above average. And I think, you know, against decent or worse teams, he's going to be. Uh, our best offensive lineman. It's just, it's just a question if in those big games against you know Alabama's, the Auburns, the Floridas, can he keep up with the athletes that are playing defensive tackle on the other side? Uh, and that's really the question that he has to answer uh, in this summer. But uh, let's get on to the defensive side of the football, um, and let's go to the defensive line, which we've already talked about quite a lot. Uh, on accident, but they were the best. They were as advertised. And even without arguably their two best D linemen in Andre Anthony and Ali Gay were still dominant against the offensive line. That just goes to show all the depth they have. I mean, you got Neil Farrell, Glenn Logan, Mason Smith, Jacoby and Guillory, uh, Jaqueline Roy, who had three sacks, by the way. Uh, of course, B.J. Ujolari, Sony Fanua showed something. Um, and there's even more than that, Eric Taylor. Uh, so, yeah, the defensive line was great. Um, I think I'll go best position by position at defensive end. I think, you know, you got to give it to B.J. Ujolari uh, just because our two presumed starters at defensive end were not playing. But at defensive tackle – so many good performers. I think Farrell um, played most of the starting snaps. Uh, and I think he needs to uh, lose a little weight. Him and Logan both need to, you know, get in more shape. Uh, they're more built as, than a no, as a nose tackle right now than really a 4-3 defensive tackle. But Quail and Roy was dominant, especially against the second-team offensive line. And, you know, Mark, remember that one play against Marcus Dumerville? That was, he made quick work of him. He made quick work of Cardell Thomas. So, yeah, Roy really impressed me. Guillory had a few plays. Eric Taylor 
Um, he played a little bit of defense tackle, a little bit of defensive end, uh, shined a little bit on both. Uh, and then we saw a few glimpses of Mason Smith, who definitely left uh, his print on this one, uh, especially in that third quarter. So, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about the defensive line uh, this year and going forward. It's because a lot of those guys I just mentioned are freshmen or sophomores. Yeah, no. Um, I think, you know, with Doomerville on that one play, it's like – Doomerville was kind of like, what can I do? And, I, you know, everyone gave, him a, everyone gave him a lot of flack for that. But I think, you know, there are some points where it's like, what can you do there? I don't think Deculus would have done a better job against that. Um, overall, my one tr- critique of this group is Glenn Logan and Neil Phil have to slim down a bit. That's my one critique of this group. Um, not even, they didn't even play bad. Um. I think BJ impressed me, but, you know, I've, I've always been high on BJ. I think Sony Fanua, you know, came in. He played pretty good. You know, he was asked to do a lot, and he, he performed well. I think Eric Taylor, Philip Webb, Desmond Little, and Xavier Carter all came in and played really well, you know, considering, you know, th- those aren't guys that I think we expected to have to call on in this spring game, but considering we were down, like, two starters... We ended up having call them. They they did pretty good. I mean, I was largely impressed with the edge group, but I was very impressed with the interior defensive line. I think all six guys played really well. Um, Joseph Evans has really impressed me. You know, it's funny because we heard Coach So talk about Joseph Evans all of last year, right? And I, I I'll admit he was somewhat good, decent last year, but I really expected more. From him after I heard Coach O talk about him the whole offseason. We've heard Coach O talk about him all of this offseason. And this off this spring game, he actually delivered pretty well. Um, I think right now he might be our best interior defensive lineman. And that that's not to throw shade at anyone else because this is a very talented group. Glenn Mo- Logan made a few nice plays. Neil Farrell made a lot of nice plays. Jaqueline Roy just dominated the second unit. I mean... I think, you know, he would have had the same, you know, results against the first unit. And that's not to, you know, throw shade against the defensive line. It's just, or against the offensive line. It's just, I think they were doing a real good job with how they used Roy in this game. Especially with the stunts. I mean, when he had that one stunt against Doomerville, there was just nothing Doomerville could do. I mean, and, you know, Doomerville even looked at it. He's like, what do I do here? You, you can't stop. You can't stop a guy who... Is that strong and moves that well. I think Mason Smith... Smith was dealing with a slight injury during the spring game, so he didn't get used that much, but despite that, he still played pretty well. Um, Jacobin Gilroy made a few nice plays. I think a, a lot has been made about the hires of Jake Peets, DJ Mangus, Durante Jones, but I'm really starting to think that Andre Carter might have been the best hire we made this offseason. I mean... The results speak for themselves. The defensive line. Look, they were decent last year, but I feel like this year, we were missing two starters, and it still felt like there was a night and day difference between the way the interior defensive line looked last year and the way the interior defensive line looked this year. And I understand it's a spring game. I understand that, you know, the offensive line still has work to do over the summer. Defensive line also still has work to do over the summer. This is a group that, you know, they're pretty good right now, but they can still they still have room for improvement. They can still get, you know, slimmed down, more better conditioned. You know, they can get two starters back. That that'll help. But you know, overall, I was very impressed with this group. And you know, this was this is going to be a constant theme, I think, throughout all the defense, all the defense position groups because. I think this was the group that I was most impressed with, especially in the interior defensive line. But I was impressed with really most of the defense. So let's get on to uh, the linebackers. Who uh, Another interesting thing, uh, there's a lot of injuries there, minor. Uh, and, you know, guys just like Michael Baskerville, who is now with the team right now, same with Mike Jones. Uh, but uh, B- Bug Strong was held out today. He's banged up. Um, and 
Yeah, so our linebackers today were primarily uh, Damone Clark and uh, Jared Small, who made some plays for sure. The uh, I think he's a senior now, uh, former walk-on guy. Uh, so what do you think about the performance of those two guys? You know, um, I I no, I really felt like you know, Demug Clark improved. I feel like, but there's still improvement that needs to be made, and there's still time for him to make the improvement. But I was hoping for him to not like look like he was still guessing, and there were a few times where he looked like he was still guessing on what he needed to do. And you know, there's only so much work you can do, you know, in <coughs> the course of a few months. I mean. You know, I don't know why he regressed so much under Bo Pelini. All I know is he regressed a ton under Bo Pelini. And there's still a few kinks to work out, but I think he can get there before fall. I think Jared Small, you know, I was actually kind of wondering why he was out on the field. I really would have thought they would put someone like Josh White or Sampa there. But Small actually kind of convinced me. Um, I don't think he'll start this off se- this season. But he might be a guy who comes in and rotates in and is solid. Um, expounding a bit, I, I, I want to talk about um, Josh White and Anton Sampa a bit here. Um, no, Josh White and Anton Sampa, I think, looked very good for their second year. Again, you know, we're probably not going to call on these two, you know, to be big-time contributors. But these are two guys who I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, they work hard over the summer and maybe earn playing time in the fall. I mean... You know, they're probably not going to be a starter, but they'll rotate in, I feel like. Overall, though, I think, you know, I got to give credit to Blake Baker. I think he did a really good job with this group, and he looks like a really high-energy guy. But, you know, I think if one thing that this spring game, you know, taught me, I know, I know it's a bit early to, you know, have judgments like this, and I, I could be wrong. I'm waiting to see how the other guys improve. I really would have liked to see how Bug Strong looked, but because he's been a guy who's been impressing, you know, the coaching staff. I think right now, I could be completely off base in saying this, but I think right now, I think Bug Strong and Mike Jones Jr. will be our two starting linebackers heading into next season. I could be completely off base in saying that because I have never seen the two play in an LSU uniform. But I think right now there's improvement to be made for, you know, everyone, including Baskerville. And I know Baskerville hasn't been with the team, so where he's at, who knows. But it's just this group is still – there's a lot of talent. They just got to put it together. And I'm not sure who will put it together. I, I think Mike Jones Jr. has it put together the most. I think it's trying to find that second guy along with him, and I think that second guy might be Bug Strong. Um, so Antoine Sampa today, um, he, uh, I remember he had one interception where he baited uh, Garrett Nussman in the easy pitch pick. That he, I think he returned it a good like twenty or thirty yards as well um, to put the is it the uh, white team in position to score? Um, and he also had that forced fumble uh, against John Trey Kirkland over the middle. Uh, so, yeah, he made a couple of plays for the second team defense. And for the first team defense, um, of course, uh, Jared Small, he had 14 tackles, Nine solo stops, he had two tackles for loss, an interception, and he broke up two passes. That is very impressive. He was, uh, I think, you can definitely say he's our best linebacker out there today. He's, he's definitely better than Damone Clark uh, and Sample and uh, the little bit white. But I, I'm not saying he's our best linebacker in general, even of those guys, but I think Small is. Uh, I think he's going to be a rotational piece, you know, especially if basketball comes on late or just doesn't come on at all. So, yeah, I think, I also think Sample and White are going to be two studs down the road. And now the 
second to last group. Uh, it's the secondary as a whole, the corners, the safeties. Uh, of course, Eli Ricks did not play, nor did Todd Harris. So without uh, the second best corner and top safety, uh, they still found a way to shine. Uh, Jay Ward made his safety debut. Uh, he looked as advertised in pass coverage, but you know he came over from corner, so it's pretty evident. You know he was dead against the run, but you know that shouldn't be expected as he just made the move over to safety. But yeah, he definitely has to get a little bigger uh, and put on some weight so he can you know become a more dynamic safety than rather just a pure coverage guy. Uh, but yeah, I think Jay Ward is going to be a really big playmaker for us this season. Uh, and at the cornerback position, uh, actually, let's circle back to safety. Uh, Jordan Tolls, you know, the only thing I can, you know, he played a decent amount last year, but the only thing I can, the lasting image that I have of him in my head is just that uh, broken, breaking, broken play uh, in coverage against uh, Bo Nix and Auburn, where they had that 93 yard touchdown. Uh, at the end of that game. But, you know, Tolls made some plays today. He looked a lot better, a lot. Um, he didn't look lost like he did last year. Uh, and that can be attributed to Delonte Jones. Uh, who, shout out to him. He, it's night and day from what we saw from Pocalini, even if it is just a spring game. But um, and then at the cornerback position, we saw Derek Stingley uh, getting an interception, uh, and he, you know, he showed that swagger he had uh, as a true freshman, and so that was that was really nice to see. Uh, and Dwight McLovin, who's always been a guy ever since his high school days, that was you know played with a lot of swagger, uh, and he had a really nice day. He was really physical. He had that one fake spike where. Uh, at the end of the second quarter, location I believe he cut a long touchdown uh, jump ball against him. And I've noticed uh, a couple times now, going back to that Florida game where he's a true freshman, that he kind of struggles tracking the ball when it's up in the air. Uh, and that's really the only thing you can really complain about. He was all over the field there, for sure, making plays, even when they, they continuously try to test him. Yeah, no. Overall, the secondary, I was very impressed with them. Stingley had a nice scrimmage, I think, you know, or a nice spring game. I think, you know, he got beat a few times by Butte, but everyone got beat by Butte. Um, overall, I think he had a solid spring game. I think Dwight McLaughlin was very surprising. You know, I heard he had been doing good. I just didn't expect he was doing this good. He was putting the clamps on everyone. He was, you know, laying the laying the boomstick down on a few guys. Um, now he did get beat, you know, a few times, but who didn't? Especially on that, you know, fake spike pick end. Who didn't get beat? Oh, that flight was very solid in the slot. I didn't really hear his name called much or, you know, see him much. He didn't really get beat that much. He more or less did his job, I feel like. Um, Ray Darius Jones and Darren Evans were solid with the twos. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with the results of this group i think with um the safeties like you said jay ward you know has been very impressive this spring he looked pretty good during the spring game but he needs to add weight so he can become that all-around safety and not just a cover safety jordan tolls looked very solid you know i mean he he got picked on early but you know he looks much improved in his second year he'll probably be a guy battling for playing time um overall this is a group that i expect to improve you know getting todd harris back you know getting the freshman on campus Derek davis jr is already on campus but he looked a whole lot like a freshman this game which isn't a bad thing he just he he looks like he was making a few freshman mistakes and i expect him to round out over the summer i expect you know with a few of the freshmen coming on campus and, you know, Todd Harris getting healthy. The competition in this group is going to be fun to watch because there's a lot of great guys in this group. And, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, any of them started. I think, you know, talking about Matthew Langwald, Sage Ryan, 
Derek Davis Jr., T Jordan Tolles, Jay Ward, and Todd Harris are all talented enough to start. I think it really just depends who, you know, steps up at, at the safety position. But, yeah, this, this safety looks much improved under Durante Jones, and corner looks much improved this year compared to last year. Going to be interesting to see what happens once um, – Eli Ricks comes back as well. And, you know, what happens to Dwight McLaughlin? Yeah, so let's get into the uh, final position group, uh, and that's kicker. Uh, not much to be said here other than Cade York is the best kicker that college football has to offer. Was that even a debate? I don't know, man. But he is. And so that, that covers it. That's the spring game. Uh, it's a really fun experience. Uh, and it was just really good to have some LSU football to tune in and watch that wasn't, uh, that didn't have Bo Pelini on the staff. Uh, and so let's end it with uh, let's give our offensive and defensive and overall MVPs of this game. Uh, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, I think my offensive MVP, everyone's going to give it to John Trey Kirkland. And Kirkland had a really great game, don't get me wrong. But Kirk, Kirkland, I don't think Kirkland once beat Jarek Stingley. And that's what Kayshawn Boutte did. And, you know, I mean, I think we all knew how good Boutte would be. I, I actually didn't expect him to beat this. Well, maybe I did. I don't know. I, I think I expected him to be. No, I did, actually. I expected him to be good, to be honest. I thought he'd be the best wide receiver in college football this year. And I think, you know, it's shaping up that he might actually be at least top five. And I think I'll take top five from Butte. Um, Overall, I think defensive MVP. Ah, you know, I want to. I really want to give it to Jaqueline Roy. But at the end of the day, I'm going to give it to Dwight McLaughlin, mainly because he was the most consistent. He, you know, was clamping guys, laying the boomstick. Overall, had a great had a great day. And, I, and you know, for overall MVP, I got to give it to Kayshawn Butte because Butte beat him on that one pass. But overall, I think it was an impressive spring game. It was nice to watch them, you know. It was nice to watch them um go out there, you know, you know, battle it out, and you know, there's a lot of areas to improve, but I'm encouraged by what I see for the most part. Yeah, uh, my over, my offensive MVP, uh, I'm going to be simple here. I'm going to give it to John Trey Kirkland. I think, you know, all things considered, we knew, especially LSU fans, uh, how good Kayshawn really is. So, you know, he did probably beat Stingley a couple times, which I didn't necessarily expect. But, you know, he was more or less what he thought he was. He was and that's, you know, a top five receiver in college football. Uh, but considering the opportunity that was presented and, you know, him, you know, fighting for a spot in the rotation at wide receiver, uh, John Trey has to get it for me. You know, 16 catches, 210, double touchdowns. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's a ridiculous stat line. And if you watch the game, it holds up. He was he was great all day. Um, even aside from the big plays, he just made the solid little plays. And, you know, I think he really uh, – yeah, he had an opportunity. And he took it and he ran with it. And I'm really impressed and happy for, you know, what I saw today from him. And the defensive MVP for me, uh, it was between Dwight. Um, I think Dwight could get it, but I'm going to go with another guy. I think, you know, they've been talking up Dwight this entire spring, and I expect him to, you know, play a decent amount, be our dime cornerback, you know, outside, you know, slot in the slot, uh, Ricks, Stanley on the outside. And, you know, those guys have shown – uh, a little bit of injury problems, and if that happens, we're going to be fine, you know. 
I know those two guys are elite, but Dwight McDonald's going to be just fine if you put him on the outside. So I think that'll be his role, and I think that'll be his role even before this spring game. I think that was the plan. But a guy who people didn't expect, people don't even know who he is before this, uh, and that's Jared Small, who you know nobody really gave him a chance. And he came in. He was with the first team with Bug Strong sideline. And he, you know, he was in command. He was running the defense, and he was doing it to a great level. He, you know, he had times where he was, you know, the best player on that defense on some plays. And I, I think I'm giving it to Kirkland and Small more because, uh, you know, I'm taking in consideration, you know, what they had to gain from this spring game. And I think they just they they had an opportunity with a couple injuries around them, and you know they just made the most of it. And I'm really proud of those guys. They're both, you know, one of them's a senior, one of them's what in his sixth year with the program, another senior, uh, and they're finally you know, getting their chance to shine here in 2021. And my overall MVP, uh, it just has to be John Shrey Kirkland. I mean, the stat line speaks for itself. The highlights speak for themselves. Uh, but, you know, I almost had to dock the entire performance for him just because of that one fumble. But, you know, that last catch, that 200-yard threshold, you know, made me forget about it. So, yeah, that's that's mine. Fair enough, and fair enough. We'll end today's episode uh, with the recent news uh, of a commitment, and it's – you know, we touched on earlier uh, how our tight end spot right now is a little wishy-washy, but we landed the number one tight end in the country um, for the second time in three years, is it? No, actually, I take that back. Second time in four years. Um, no, no, no. Second time in three years. Yeah. So, Eric Gilbert, 2020. Jake Johnson, 2022. So, yes, our second uh, number one ranked tight end in three years, uh, both out of Georgia. Uh, Jake Johnson is actually Max Johnson's brother. I'm sure that was a big part of his recruitment. Uh, so, yeah, this is a big get. Jake Johnson's an overall really good tight end, and he's going to be a big help once he gets in here. Uh, really good receiver. Uh, and he's just he, he's a huge get, and he's coming in that perf- at the perfect time. So. Yeah, you you want to touch on you know what Jake Johnson will provide when he comes here? Yeah, can he like um? Can he like just reclassify and come play for us right now? I mean, we could really use him. That's what I was saying. I I, I truly think he'd probably give us the highest ceiling. Yeah, I mean, outside of Eric Gilbert, but <clears throat> yeah, no, very big to get him. Um. You know, like you said, second time we've gotten the number one tight end um, in three years. Second time we've signed the top tight end out of Georgia. You know, they just can't keep, can't seem to keep in-state talent in the state. Of course, it is tough when, you know, his brother plays for us. But again, you know, maybe he should have recruited Max Johnson. But um, anyway. I think, you know, it's very big to get him committed before visits open back up because, you know, not that not that he was already huge LSU lean, but, you know, it's nice. It builds momentum for the recruiting class, especially, you know, um, visits are opening back up in June. You know, we have a bit we have a few big visitors visiting like Shamar Stewart and Kelvin Banks, I believe, you know, um. I know Harold Perkins visited for um, the spring game. So, you know, it's very big to get, you know, recruiting momentum, you know, because very soon, you know, it's going to start to get hectic. And so, you know, it's good that we try and go into that hectic recruiting cycle with a little bit of momentum. Jake is, so he is... He's weighing at 225 pounds right now. He's the number 78th. 
He's number 78 prospect in the country and the number one tight end. Uh, so clearly, you know, he's not the greatest blocker. He doesn't he doesn't do too much blocking, really, uh, and because obviously he's number one tight end. Uh, so he's he's a really great receiver. You don't want to – when you have somebody with that receiving talent uh, at the high school level, you're not going to make him block. Uh, and I think, you know, he can transition that uh, – when he gets to college, I think he's good enough where he's going to be lining up out wide a lot. And, you know, he, he's going to have to get a little bit better at blocking, and he's going to have to bulk up because 225 is just it's just not a tight end size. And he, he will. He 100% will. Um, but, you know, he's just a high school junior right now, so he should be able to get that uh, up going forward. But I think he runs uh, – Around a four seven five four eight, uh, which is solid speed for what he is at right now. That should project him to be in like the four six, four six five four six range, which is really good for a tight end. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be a dynamic receiving threat and probably the best receiving tight end. You know, if he reaches his ceiling uh, that we've had, I mean, ever if you know Eric Gilbert doesn't come back. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my analysis. I think it's super important and it's a huge, huge need that has been addressed. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, anyway, I guess that'll be it for episode eight of I of the podcast, unless you want to add anything, Will? No, that, that's, I think we had a good episode. Yeah, I think it's another good episode. Sorry, we were a bit, you know, inactive. Um, we've had school. We've been watching March Madness. We've been we enjoyed March Madness, except for watching Gonzaga get blown out. That wasn't fun. Also, you know, it was fun to watch Gonzaga versus UCLA, but we all wanted UCLA to win, didn't we, Will? Can't I? I, can't, I I'm sorry. I got a lot of money from that uh, Gonzaga getting to the championship, so really, I, 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 I'm sorry, man. Bro, come on! You, you I was really... I was just enjoying the game. I wouldn't you... I wouldn't I I would I would be able to sleep at night if UCLA won. I'd be I mean it's a great game. Um, you bet against Johnny I, I would have been saying, dude. I'm talking about the overall bracket. I, I, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the UCLA game in specific. I'm pretty sure I had them using, losing the BYU by mistake. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, I think that'll be all for this episode. If you guys enjoyed this episode, um, follow our social media. I have the podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, tell your friends about this podcast if they're LSU fans and as always uh see you guys later hope you guys have a nice week and we'll see you back here maybe next week i don't know maybe not sometimes i say that and then it's like four weeks but anyway see you guys later (laughs) see you next week 2022 i have the podcast episode nine yep all right see you guys later